action, nothing was ever going to be the same. Danger. If I slip up or if I turn my eye for just one second, someone could get the drop on me. Adventure. The Amazon River, they have a version of everything in North America except bigger and scarier. You're listening to Sea Story. Episode 39, The Hum. My name is George Getz. I'm a gas turbine mechanic. I'm from New Orleans, and this is my sea story. I grew up idolizing people in the military. And when I was 13, that's when I made up my mind that, you know, I wanted to be in the Navy. I want to do something that's not in any way related to a desk job. You know, I want to actually put myself out there, get my hands dirty, you know, just see what the world has to offer. Right now, as a gastronomic mechanic in the Macon Island, my main job is to break down anything that's in my space that doesn't work, make it work, and get ready to actually get our ship back at sea. It's a jet engine that propels a giant gear that then rotates a 300-foot-long shaft to move the ship through the water. You don't really know how much force goes behind that, but then you realize it's spinning at about 60,000 horsepower. Okay, you're moving like, I don't know, a 200-ton ship. In that case, it makes sense after you actually see it in action that it takes six people to make it work. Air is being compressed at thousands of pounds of pressure and just blows up inside of one singular donut chamber and it just shoots. And it's like, you know those little circus fans? You hold a little stick and it's got a fan and you blow through and it spins? That's the whole concept of the turbine. That's literally how it works, is that it takes all that pressure, hits it through six other blades, and that's what connects to the shaft. You could easily lock it and you would just tear the hell out of the blades, but as soon as it turns on and you let it run and you activate the clutch, all that energy is getting sent out. So the only thing that you're controlling is how much fuel you're going in to make it go faster, make it go slower. So it's really simple whenever you think of it that way, but you watch it turn on and you just start looking at every little valve, you know, every little arm, every little fuel nozzle, and you're just trying to microscopically think what could not work right now. There's two igniters, there's 30 fuel nozzles, there's only about 18 inches of space for it to blow up in. What would not work? That's the beauty of it, is that it's 100% the gas turbine mechanic's job to move the ship. It's dangerous, you know, it can be lethal, but it just adds another level to how important the job is. That was TAD, which means temporarily attached duty. Chief just wanted me to try and get a feel for what it was like out on the water. When I got into the USS Boxer, there's Jism 2 Ryan introduced me to the ship. He said, hey, we're going to be getting started. You're Jism Getz Garcia. And I'm like, yes, I am. Now, the USS Boxer, it's not an LHD. Basically, when I got there, everything that I learned in the first month of being on the Macon Island didn't at all apply because they have just a normal M2500, which is a standard turbine engine for Navy-wide use. Macon Island, the ship that I was attached to in the beginning of my career, has an M2500+. Plus. RPMs, totally different. Size of the machine, totally different. Amount of output, totally different. It was back to just A-school basics. This is just some two Ryan, he brought me on board. Takes me down to the space, it's about four decks down. Whenever you get in the water, you feel it. Like you can hear it, the humming of the ship. Every mechanic will talk about it. Whenever everything turns on, the ship hums. It kind of sings to you almost. And it was weird actually hearing it. You know, you stand there and you have your hearing protection on and you're down in the space and then once you turn on the engine and you have to be inside the enclosure, you have to have 
two of them on. You have to have double hearing protection because otherwise your ears are just going to blow up. Once you actually have both of them on and you're hearing it and you're right next to the engine, you're talking like 120 degrees, like just straight heat slapping you in the face. You can hear it. It sounds like a jet engine too. And she starts seeing the hydraulic arm and then you just hear like and then it just evens out. And then you close the door and then the hum just gets a little bit quieter. And I'm just staying with GSM2 Ryan the whole time. The only thing I could think about sitting in the mess decks, laying in my rack, was I was just, I kept hearing that hum. In many ways, you just lose the psychology that it's a machine at all. You actually think it's a person. And it was eerie. It's comforting to know that when you hear the hum, things are okay. We're in the mess deck, it's day two. Jason to Ryan, he's sitting there, he's eating his lunch, and then I can hear something weird, like something that doesn't sound right, and all three of them, like prairie dogs, just pop their heads up, and then immediately they just leave. They didn't say anything to me, they just left. And the only thing that was wrong was that we lost pressure in lube oil, so we had to turn off the MRG, and it actually shut down the turbine. Just that little thing, you felt the difference. I didn't even notice it. But they had been on the ship for years, so it makes sense that they could feel that something was off. I would never be able to pick up on that, especially being on board a ship for two days. But those guys, they'd know instantly. When I got back to my ship, when I got back to the Macon Island, I tried installing that in my head. And the way I did it, I guess, was to just walk every alignment, look at every valve, walk every corner of the space, and when it actually finally turned on, when I would ask my work center soup, I'd look at Novak and I'd be like, hey man, is it doing what it's supposed to do? And I'd just sit there and I'd just listen to it. Every day since then, if I hear something wrong, then I know where to look for. You know, I know where to go. Having that kind of power, having that little tug like on your shirt saying like, hey, go look at this. Like, hey, it's like a conscience. It's not telling you to make a decision, but it's telling you to look. There could be any reason for anything going wrong. Lubo pump, if it sounds dry, I already know which bearing to check because I already know which one's going to come from. But you got to have the sense first. You got to have that voice. Seeing the people in the boxer with how quickly they responded to it, to something that I thought was completely conspicuous, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's that voice. They all had the same mindset. It's not just one team, one fight. It's one unit, one fight. We're all separated by about a quarter inch of steel in every direction. When you're in your space and something were to go wrong, you only have everybody that's in the space to fix it. It's 100% listening to your gut and 100% listening to the people that you work with. You become one with your machine, but you become one with everybody else. At that point, I'm not just some three gets, you know, I'm just some three making island. If you want to hear more stories like mine, subscribe to Sea Story today. Coming next. Following Hurricane Katrina, the one word that comes to mind is devastation. Sea Story is brought to you by America's Navy. Learn more at Navy.com. <laughs>